story. And so we're going to look at a, a story that you've probably heard before, and it's in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And it'll come up on the screen if you, if you don't have a Bible. Um, but if you do, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. We're going to read the first 10 verses. Really random off-topic point. Is anyone just fed up with winter at the minute, by the way? Like, I was a big fan of winter because I like Christmas, but I am fed up defrosting my car. Like, that is just the bane of my existence. I'm, I'm just going to get buses from now on again because I am fed up with defrosting cars. Bring on the summer. So Luke chapter 19, if you're there, read along with me. If It'll be on the screen as well. It says, now, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he, a man was there, sorry, by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. This morning, I want to speak, and I'm going to give you my title, and it's going to make some eyebrows raise and be like, what is earth are you going to say? But this morning, I want to speak around the title of The Problem with Fake Tan. Some of you are like, well, where's this going to go? The Problem with Fake Tan. But let me explain. Have you ever, how far have you went to impress someone? I don't need a list of answers. But how far, think about some of the times, the most ridiculous times where you went to impress someone. It was 16 when I realized, wow, David, you go to some lengths to <laughs> impress someone. And so I want to tell you a story. Um, and yes, it involves fake tan, but you know what? We're just on a stage. We're just going to share our, our thoughts and grace is greater and all that there. But uh, Kelsey, my wife, was not my first love. I'm going to tell you a story about the one that got away. But do you know... <laughs> God redirect your paths into some greater things. So thank you, Jesus. So I was 16. It was my secondary school. I'm not going to um, give any names away because this might be recorded and so we don't want to embarrass anyone. But it was 16 and there was a girl in my, my secondary school class that, that I liked. And so I came to the fifth year formal and I thought, this is it. I'm going to ask her. I'm going to ask her the formal. And so there she was. She was coming out of class. She was walking down a corridor. I thought, this is a moment. I'm going to build up the courage. I'm going to do this. And I did it. I texted her to see if she would go to the forum with me. <laughs> and she said yes, but you never, you know it's not going to work well when you have to send a text. But she said yes, lo and behold, um, by the grace of God. Um, and so we were going to the formal together. And so it was the Friday um, of the formals that night. It was a Friday. And so she took the morning off because she was going to, to get what all girls get done and spray tan and all that sort of stuff. Um, now, the issue was the, the girl was quite naturally tan anyway. And I'm like, 
we'll just be honest here, I look like a corpse, like I'm so pasty white. And we're like, me standing beside her naturally, I would look ill. Um, but she went and got a spray tan, and so it was a Friday. Um, I went to the first few classes, and then we had break, and I was going to my third period uh, um, class. And I remember seeing her, and this bronzed woman came walking towards me. And if I looked like ill before, I was like, I cannot go to the formal with this. Like, look at this. She, like, the photos will come out, and she'll be like, people will say to her, like, what, who did you take to the Like, what is that? Like, did you just feel sorry for him, or what's the, what's the crack? So it was a Friday night. I got my, my suit. I put my suit on. Um, it was rented from Elliot's. Don't judge me. Um, and I remember um, it was like a, a white and silver detailed uh, waistcoat with a royal blue cravat. <laughs> I had no idea about suits, all right? <laughs> I needed help, um, and I, I was like, do you know what, right, I'm going to impress this girl, I, this is the one, this is the one, so I'm going to impress her, so I booked myself in with Julianne to get blonde tips in my hair, <laughs> again, 16, um, and I was, standing there with, I was standing there with my suit on, looking in the mirror, and my mum stand beside me, a wee proud mum, putting her arm around, come on, get a photo, son, I was like, here we go, and then I thought, mum, like, she got a spray tan, like, look at me, like, what can I do? And then this is when I realized, oh, you will go to some depths to impress people. So there's my mom, me taking the blazer off, taking the cravat off, mom with a wee scrubbing brush, and the fake tan sort of going on my face and my neck and my arms. <laughs> oh, I have never lived it down. And do you know what? Actually, the, the day the, the formal got worse because I went to the formal um, with one ear pierced and I came home with two ears pierced. Like... <laughs> Oh, I was just like, you know what, you are an embarrassment. <laughs> like, at that moment, I realized I'm low, like I need to sort my life out. But this is the issue. The, the problem with fake tan is that I realized that, that I, have, I am PSD white, but I've just accepted it now. Let's just rock it. But the problem with fake tan is the fact that I realized that I, was, I had a flaw. I realized that there was something that I needed to cover up, that I wasn't happy with how I truly, truly was. And so what I tried to do is I tried to cover up I tried to cover who I was. And the issue with this is that when you try to cover up, you need to keep doing it. You need to keep up appearances. You need to keep doing something. You need to keep being someone that you are not. And guys, if we're honest, Christian or non-Christian in here this morning, we spend our lives trying to impress people. We spend our lives realizing that the only way that you will get recognition is by impressing people, is by doing something or being someone that you are not. The first date you maybe went on, you put on your best shirt or your best dress, you, you made sure you got your, your hair done, you put on some nice perfume or aftershave, you took them out maybe on a nice date. You wanted to try and impress, you wanted to get recognition. Or a job interview, a job interview, you don't just turn up in, a, in jeans and a t-shirt, you'll sort of make an effort, you'll put a dress and, uh, or, or a suit on, you'll make a bit of an effort. We are, even in, from a young age, we are ingrained of knowing that you get recognition by impressing. In school, you will get recognition by doing well. At home, you will maybe get the, the gold stars up on the chart, and if you do this and you do that, if you, if you impress, you will be recognized. And so, so much of this is that we live in a society that tells you that if you enhance and change who you are, you will be recognized. And it is so ingrained in us at such a young age that when we grow up, it's subconscious. 
Some of you will, and I'm hoping this is just the women, will not leave the house without your makeup on. Some of you will not leave without having your hair done or without having the, I need to ha- present myself, I need to look well. Some of you will, no way will you invite people around your house unless you go around kicking cereal cups and the kids in the cupboard so that no one sees them. We are so ingrained in trying to impress, trying to cover up some of our real flaws and our real shortcomings in order to be recognized. And the fact is, we're actually afraid and embarrassed of, what if someone finds out who I really am? What if someone finds out about my secret sin? What if someone finds out about the person I am underneath the mask, underneath the makeup, underneath the fake tan? What if someone actually realizes who I really, really am? We need to cover up. The issue as well is that we then flip this perception onto what it means to be a Christian, to God, that this holy God that we sing about, he couldn't accept me just as I am. He couldn't accept me with the things that I think, the things that I say, these issues that I have, and so we start to cover them up. But Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinned. We're all messed up, guys. But yet we feel the need to cover it up. We look around in people's social media, their Instagram pages, their Facebooks, and we think, they've got it together. I wish my life looked like that. And so we start to cover up, we start to put on a mask, we start to keep up appearances in order to be recognized, in order to be accepted. And so we have this small man's a case. And the Bible tells us that he was a chief tax collector. A chief tax collector, he went around, uh, he was a Jew, and he went around with other Jews and he would have taken their money. Now he was a chief tax collector, so he probably didn't go around taking the money. He probably had people working for him. But he went around and he ordered people to go and get the taxes. And with his position, he was able to put on an extra levy so he could get some more taxes for his back pocket, which is why it tells us that he was wealthy. He was robbing people of their money, friends. He was robbing them. He was robbing women, elderly, vulnerable. He was robbing people of their money for his own wealth. And so then he sees this guy Jesus coming. And he's heard about Jesus because Jesus went around different towns and cities healing. He's went around doing miraculous deeds. He's a good man, Jesus. And he sees this guy, Jesus, coming. And he thinks, everyone around this town hates me. They despise me. I take their money. He is like a modern-day thug, a modern-day drug lord that no one likes. They all know him and they fear him, but they don't like him. And they see Jesus coming, and he knows Jesus is a good man. And so he thinks, if Jesus comes and sees me for who I truly am, people are going to tell him stories. He's not going to want to know who I am. And I kind of like that he's a big deal. And so he thinks, I need to cover up who I am. I need to cover up and do something different. I need to put on the fake tan and be the person who I'm not. And so he thinks, I'm too short to actually see Jesus. He's not going to recognize me, so what am I going to do? And he sees this sycamore tree, and he thinks, I'll climb that. I'll climb that because do you know what that'll be? That'll be really impressive if Jesus comes along and and we preach the message. You've maybe heard the message of Zacchaeus. Look look at the depths that he went. Look how far he went to see Jesus. He climbed a tree. And what do we do? We preach the message. Come on, let's go and climb more trees. Let's go do more things. Come on, let's do things. You need to sort your life out. You need to climb higher up that tree in in order to see Jesus. And he thinks, if I climb that tree, that's impressive. 
And friends, what we often do is we spend our lives climbing proverbial trees of life. We spend our lives climbing the money tree. If I can climb the money tree and reach a certain amount of money per year, people will accept me, people will recognize me, people will love me. I can mask who I really am because I have a healthy bank account. Sometimes we can climb the social media tree. If I can post the right pictures, if I can put the right filters on, if I can tag the right people, if I can share the right thing, I will look like someone. I will mask away what's really going on in the hurt of my life and the issues, and I can just put on a mask and cover up. Sometimes, and I've found myself falling, or climbing up this tree, is the church tree. If I can come to more church services, if I can be and pray the right things, if I can worship the right way, if I can give the right amount of money, I can just put on a performance and cover up who I really am underneath and we climb the church tree just to impress. Sometimes we actually find ourselves climbing trees too high for us to even keep up with. We spend money that we cannot afford just to impress We say things and we behave a certain way that's contradictory to who we really are just to impress and be recognized. We live a lifestyle that we cannot keep up with just to impress and be recognized. And so Zacchaeus is up this tree. He's waiting for Jesus about to pass. And verse five says that when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. So he's up this tree. He's trying to mask who he really is. He's trying to cover up and put on a persona of someone who's better than they really are. And Jesus stops at the bottom and looks up. Zacchaeus must have thought, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. The plan worked. The man stopped. He wouldn't have saw me behind the crowd, but I climbed a tree. I'd done something. I put on a a persona different to who I am, and and it worked. I'm a genius. Jesus stopped and noticed me because I climbed my tree. Church, what this will teach us is that, that you will be, your performance dictates whether you get Jesus' attention or not. This will teach us that, that you are saved by works and not by grace. This can teach us, if we think of it this way, that life is all about if you do good enough, if you do well enough, that you will get the attention and recognition of Jesus. This is what this could teach us. That life and church and being in a relationship with Jesus is all about doing good. If you do more good, if you climb trees, if you get higher up those proverbial ladders, then you will get the attention of Jesus. So we could just say, okay, we're going to pray and close. Let's all leave and do more. But read with me, because I didn't notice it the first time, but read with me verse 5 again. If it can go up on the screen, that would be great. It says, when Jesus reached the spot... When Jesus reached the spot, some of your translations may say the place. What is the place? What is this spot? What spot? What is the spot? See, I don't believe that Jesus came walking down and stopped and noticed the case because he climbed a tree and thought, well done, creative genius, unbelievable. Do you know, 10 out of 10. Jesus is not some sort of like the voice judge where we need to impress him and then he'll turn around. He's not some sort of, you know, uh, what's that show about the Britain? Britain's Got Talent. I just had a mind blank. It's not like Britain's Got Talent where you need to impress Jesus and then you get his attention. See, it says Jesus reached the spot. I believe that Jesus, filled and guided by the Spirit of God, knew that when he reached this spot, God said to him, that's it. No further. 
you've reached, on this journey, you've reached the destination. And he stopped at this spot, and then he looked up and saw, and then he looked up and recognized that Zacchaeus was up the tree. And what this teaches us is this, that the recognition that Jesus has for you is not preceded by your grades, but it's predestined by his grace. The recognition Jesus has for you is not preceded by your grades, but predestined by his grace. It is not about how well you can climb trees, church. It is not about how well that you can do good, and it's all about your performance. It's about his grace. It's nothing to do with Zacchaeus climbed a tree and Jesus thought, well done, creative, thought outside the box. It's not about that. And for you getting the attention and recognition of Jesus, it's not about you doing good. It's not about you climbing proverbial trees. It's not about how many church services that you can go to. It's not about how many good deeds in a week that you can do. It's not about how many hours you're on your knees praying. It's not about how much money that you can give. It's not performance-driven. It is grace-driven. Jesus meets you and wants to encounter you because grace predestined him to meet you. You're sitting in here this morning. It is not by chance. It is not by chance, but it is because Jesus wants to have an encounter with you. And in fact, look what he goes on to say. He stops and he notices the case of a tree and he says, come down immediately. Come down off that performance. Come down off that tree. Come down from that mask that you're trying to put on. Come down from that person that you're trying to be who you're not really. Come down to where I am and let me see who you really are. You don't need to be up that tree. You don't need to be doing things that you're just doing to put on a performance. Come down and let me see the real you. Church, Jesus wants to see the real you, warts and all. He doesn't need you to be uh, someone that you're not. He wants you as you are. It's all to do with his grace. Now picture the scene again with me. Picture that you're in the crowd and that Jesus or Zacchaeus has stolen money from your granny. And you're sitting in the crowd and Jesus says, come down off that tree. You're kind of a bit, come on, we're going to get a bit of revenge here. Because Jesus is really holy and Zacchaeus isn't. So do you know what Jesus might do? Jesus might say, right, I'm going to come to your house for, for some food. But here's the conditions. You need to repent. You need to get on your knees and say you're sorry. You need to give money back to the poor. Give money back. Sort your life out. And then we'll go and grab some food. Turn your life around. And then we will go and hang out. But verse 6 says, He came down, this is a case, at once, and welcomed him gladly. And from that moment then they go. They depart. Jesus and the case depart to go back to the case house for some food. Now, listen, this is crucial, this point in the story. Because up until this point, Zacchaeus has done nothing to deserve the grace of God. He has done nothing. He has stolen money from people. He has climbed a tree. And he has just said yes to Jesus, telling him to come down. Now, this is crucial because what this does is absolutely destroys the view of some churches and some Christians around the world that tell us that you need to transform before you're accepted. That your life needs to change before you can be accepted. You need to give up. Come on, you want to come to God? Great. Just, just give up those drinking habits. You want to come to God? Great. Give up that smoking. Give up the drugs. Come on, you need to stop swearing. God loves you and all that there, but you need to, if you get this all right, then you're, come on into church. Go, give up those addictions. 
Give up that lust and pornography addiction and then you can come into the grace of God. Give that up. Or maybe you're a Christian and it's, hey, you need to do more. Come on, pray more. Come on, get in more meetings and then you're accepted. Come on, we need to do more. Jesus doesn't teach that. Jesus teaches you are accepted and then you transform. You are accepted as you are. You don't need to change. He doesn't do anything was the case here. He just says, come down off that tree. Get off your performance. Get off the person you're trying to be and let me see the real you. And I just want to hang out with the real you. I don't need you to be someone. I just need you to be you. That's what the grace of God does. It accepts you as you sit in here right now. You can never veer too far from God. Never. No matter what the enemy is trying to speak to you, you can never, ever veer too far from God. Where sin abounds, grace abounds deeper. He will reach down to anything and then your life will be transformed. And the crowd would have been ripping it at this point. This is not the social norms. Jesus, this is not the way we behave. People need to get their lives sorted. We only accept people who do good deeds. Why are you going to hang out with a sinner? And the people say, the people started to talk and say, he is the guest of a sinner. The translation, it would have been better said that he is the guest of a dog. Who is this person? He's a dog. No one likes him and Jesus, you're going to hang out with him and he hasn't even done anything to deserve it. That is the grace of God. You accept that grace, that free gift onto you and your life, you can watch it be transformed. And so Jesus and Zacchaeus and come to close. Go to Jesus or go to Zacchaeus' house. It says he was wealthy, so we assume it was quite a big pad. Probably had, sat down, grabbed some food, hung out together, probably a few guests. They reclined, they spent maybe a few hours together sitting and eating and, and chatting. And between verse seven and eight of this passage, this is the moment where Jesus and Zacchaeus have a conversation. We can't read it. We don't hear what was said. We're not sure what they talked about. Did Jesus point out some issues? We don't know, but in verse eight it says, Zacchaeus stood up, and said the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. If I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. One encounter with Jesus and his whole life was changed. One encounter with Jesus and his whole life was transformed. You see, we don't hear any conversation. We don't have a record of what was said. And I don't know about you, I am busting to know what he said. I'm Boston. What did Jesus say that transformed his whole life? But the issue is that we don't have a conversation because if we had a conversation, then we would create some sort of formula of what it means to transform people's lives. If you say these words, if you do this thing, and you and I would start to mask something and start to create a formula or recipe that if you do this, you will see the people in work transformed. You will see the people who you sit beside, your family, friends. You will see their lives transformed. But listen, guys, programs of church don't change people, but the person of Jesus does. A program doesn't change people, but the person of Jesus does. I'm convinced that Luke doesn't give us a conversation because you and I would go and try, try and change people. But it's not our encounters that change people. It's an encounter with a person called Jesus Christ that changes. If you're in here and you're a follower of Jesus, it wasn't a sermon by a human being that changed you. It was the power of God that changed your life. It's not what people get up and say and the words and how people change, but it is the awe of God that changes my life. And so programs facilitate God, 
but it is a person of Jesus and encounter with him that changes our lives. I'm going to ask the band to come and join me. And in a moment, we're going to continue to worship and we're going to create some space where you, wherever you are, can take off the mask, can climb down off the tree, can get off the person that you're trying to be and try and, uh, be, try and hide who you really are. And you can have an encounter with Jesus right here, like Zacchaeus. One encounter transformed everything. One encounter with Jesus, friends, can change your life. One encounter with Jesus can restore brokenness in your whole life. One encounter with Jesus can take away any pain that you have carried. One encounter with Jesus can fill you with hope right here. One encounter with Jesus this morning can, can take away any chains of bondage that hold you back. One encounter with Jesus could heal you spiritually, physically, emotionally. Everything that Zacchaeus worked up for until this point, he gave up instantly. Why? Because he met a person called Jesus. One encounter with Jesus changed his whole life. It's quite interesting because imagine Zacchaeus had an encounter with the followers of Jesus at that time. Imagine he had a, went and had food with the, the followers of Jesus. I wonder, would he have given up everything? And maybe you're in here and you've been to church in the past and you've been hurt by church. You've been hurt by a Christian and you're hearing the words that I'm saying and you're thinking, no, I've tried the church thing. I went a few times. I knew some Christians. They're hypocrites. Sometimes we are. But do not base your decision of whether you want to have an encounter with Jesus based on your encounter with a Christian. It wasn't the encounter with the followers of Jesus that changed the case, but it was an encounter with a man, the person of Jesus Christ that changed his life. It's encounters with Jesus that change your life. And so we're going to worship now. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to worship now. Jesus wants to encounter some people. This is not going to be we're going to do one song and then we'll close. We're going to spend some time worshiping Jesus, having an encounter with him this morning. And he wants to encounter you. You have his attention. You don't need to perform. You don't need to impress him. He sees you and he loves you just as you are. Just as you are. No matter what you've thought during this service, what you've said, what, you, what sins you've done this morning, what you've done in the past number of years of your life, you've got his attention because it's not preceded by your grace. It's predestined by his grace. So let him transform your life. We're going to worship. Time to take off the mask. Time to take off the thing that is, that is holding you back, that is trying to, to put on a mask of who you really are and trying to impress. Jesus wants to encounter you. And one touch, one encounter with Jesus will change your life.